Hello, everybody. I'm Bree. I'm Dee. Welcome back to the Chocolate Bar. Our lives, our strength, our time. We're coming at you live this evening. Today is a very, very special day. It is. It is the day. <laughs> it, <laughs> it is the day that the Lord blessed the entire world with moi. It is yes! my birthday. Yes. It's birthday, Bree. Birthday. Thank Brie. you. Birthday, it's your birthday. Brie. It's your birthday. Hey. Go, Bree. Um, Go, Bree. Yeah, we have. Nine I am twerking desserts. as we speak. This is one of the times <laughs> where I wish we had, um, like live camera feeds or yeah. like did like a youtube thing so you could see me like twerking for all it's worth and by twerking i mean sitting in the chair and moving like a 46 year old woman <laughs> so, anyway, don't get too excited anyway so yeah um i am super excited to be here it has been an amazing day and i'm just happy to have made another revolution around the sun and i am happy to be here and healthy and family's good and i have nothing to complain about so i'm i will happily accept ex would accept 46. so um yeah but you know how we do on here so before we get into tonight's topic we're gonna uh catch up and find out what's been happening this weekend and last week so what's going on d goodness i am in the process of figuring out this new job situation and how i'm going to start a job in a week <laughs> Mm, that's right that that two-week thing snuck up on me real hardcore real fast life comes especially fast. with our friend irma swirling oh. in the background so since we're dropping and, this week the timeline will make sense for once and um, prayers and peace to our yes. folks in florida because yes. man i oh I, I i really do feel for you i hope everybody is out there safe and sound and keeping safe and if you had to evacuate i hope you were able to get out safely and get to loved ones or somewhere you know somewhere where you can be safe and ride this out but we are definitely thinking about you yes and i know a lot of you are actually here in atlanta i see lots of florida license plates in mm -hmm. my apartment complex that don't normally live here so it makes based on driving around this weekend i think a lot of people got out by friday because i've yeah. been seeing huge numbers of florida plates in the city mm -hmm. so i don't know where they put all of y'all but you're all here and that's probably a good sign it means that yeah. likely we won't see a lot of people although people will probably be this might be kind of like what happened with um we had a similar situation with katrina where we had a lot of people who evacuated here and right. they never left so this might yeah. be another yeah um population shift where we have new people in atlanta welcome yep. to atlanta guys y'all are welcome and you know we're a little probably a little far north but hey if y'all want to roll to the dmv we welcome you with open arms and and you know we would be happy to have you so yep and yeah. yeah, so that's kind of, I mean, that's really been the focus of my weekend. I've had some mm -hmm. other things going on that aren't overly exciting, adulting things and yeah. things like that. Um, so are you getting any after effects in terms of weather or what's happening where you we, are? Uh, I am literally sitting here on the sofa waiting for Irma to show up. Um, mm. <laughs> Is she they, supposed to hit you guys too? Yes, we are waiting oh, for tropical storm Irma. Um, oh. By the time she gets to us, she is not supposed to be a hurricane anymore, but she is supposed to be downgraded to a tropical storm. They're telling mm -hmm. us that we should expect up to about 70 to 90 mile per hour winds flying yeah. branches and uprooted oh trees and all of those kinds of things so mm. uh we are i went out this morning 
And I already, it's funny, I have to laugh at myself. I had two gallons of water that were in my house that I completely forgot were here. I think I bought them on a week when I had just been really shitty about my water drinking. So I mm-hmm. bought two actual gallons. Mm-hmm. And clearly I was still shitty about my water drinking because they were sitting in my laundry room and never made it into my belly. So um, I'd forgotten about those, went to the store this morning and bought another gallon and no, three gallons, like three and a half gallon things. And uh, just in case we had flooding that made it so we couldn't drink our water. And mm-hmm. um when I opened up the laundry room, I was like, oh, well, I guess I have five and a half gallons of water now. See? I guess I'm good now. Okay. Um, I've been freezing. I've got lots of those, you know, fitness people. We do this with, you know, the ice packs and all that stuff. Right. Between the food prep services I've used over the years, having, you know, various six-pack bags and ISO mm-hmm. bags and all those things, I've got little ice packs, injuries, things like that. So I've frozen all those. I've turned the ice maker on. So mm-hmm. if we do lose electricity, I have a cooler, I have oh, a freezer. Good. Um, I have some snacks. I have some wine. <laughs> Girl, that is, listen, stop right there. That's all you need. <laughs> right. Exactly. Snacks and wine. Mm-hmm. And uh, I ran out today, not too long ago, and made sure that we had, uh, the dogs were at the bottom of the barrel for their food. So they mm-hmm. now have their food. Um, and y'all, people do not play. I mean, when they tell you to prepare for your animals too, please do. Yeah, um, absolutely. Thankfully, good job, Atlanta. When I went to my, or at least my neighborhood in Atlanta, I went to the dog store and I literally got the last possible bag mm-hmm. of the food that my dogs eat so good mm-hmm. job atlanta on taking care of your dogs too yeah, um so yeah i've really kind of spent a lot of this weekend trying to situate that i've got every gadget in the house charging i have like 13 mm-hmm. flashlights i'm a little ridiculous i think this has a lot to do with being the daughter of a soldier like right. i'm i'm one of those kind of over preparers i'd rather have too much of everything than right be out of power for you know, five days. Yeah, it's and real, man. It's nothing. real. So, yeah, it's I think real. that's really what I've been focused on is trying to get, and I'll probably do some of this tonight, is get some of this stuff done for the new job in case we lose electricity. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I try to figure out how I'm transitioning to a new job in a week when yeah. they're talking about us not having electricity yeah. until Wednesday or Thursday. <laughs> yeah, well, well, hopefully you all will be relatively unscathed. So That's I will what I'm hoping for. Be keeping all of my crossables crossed for that i like that so. the crossables yes everything i like, I like everything. it now i'm sure you've had a far better weekend because birthday oh and i girl. happen to know other things that went on today but i just happen to know you had a far cooler weekend than i did so i want to hear all about yours i guess it's all relative so <laughs> yeah man um so let's see friday um you know work was pretty crazy this last week with um you know having to do some extra stuff so i was pretty damned exhausted by Friday I was gonna go to CrossFit and it's interesting because I think this will tie in into our episode tonight but I was gonna go to CrossFit and you know I always try to consider what my next scheduled workout in my programming is because that kind of um, affects what I decide to do in CrossFit I really try to not like sort of Um, you know, overload myself. So if we're doing, you know, a lot of, you know, heavy leg stuff in CrossFit, then I have to think about that if my next day is leg day. But anyway, um, so, you know, had a very busy day at work, crazy ass week, was driving home and I had actually left, you know, in enough time to get there. And I just was like, you know what, I can't, I just can't today. I'm I'm so tired. So, you know, I went home and just kind of chilled out and rested. I had also, you know, knew I was going to have a busy Saturday. So I wanted to just kind of get some rest and, you know, get ready for the next day. So Saturday, um, my husband's um, 
Kung Fu school where he teaches and my son takes classes, they do this annual picnic every um, September. So that was on Saturday. And we decided to take, girl, we decided to take Angus this year. Lord Ooh, Jesus. Ooh, Angus got, got to socialize. Ooh, child. When I tell you, that dog just worried every little edge that I have on my head <laughs> so I oh and so on Friday night I had I had actually cooked some things to take um cook something to take with us because it was a barbecue but you know folks brought things or whatever so I made this um I make these barbecued black eyed peas oh, anyway they're so good so I made that on Friday night and then I just you know so I would just wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute you are not gonna cruise by barbecue <laughs> black eyed peas like you didn't just say that I'm gonna need you to post that recipe somewhere girl I will send it, it to me in my, or at least inbox it to me I mean I love I love our <laughs> listeners but if she don't want y'all to have it she's gonna give it to me <laughs> it is super easy and so good and you will look so amazing like you actually know how to cook if you bring yeah this. anyway because you totally yeah you just cruise by that oh like, sorry sorry about that so um yeah so i made those friday night and then um i got up saturday morning and trained and i was really glad after having looked at my programming that i decided to skip friday at crossfit because it just it would not have worked out well um and so then you know we went to the um cookout took the dog because it was at a park um a pretty huge regional park and first of all we got him in the car and you know let me tell you how y'all let me tell y'all how this dog played me like a fucking flute so we got him in the car and you know we were driving it was probably about a 30 minute drive from our house so we're driving along blah 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 he was all the way so we have a big suv so he was all the way in the back um and we had him tethered to the seat because he likes to jump over the seats so he was all the way in the back and you know he was fine for like you know the first 20 15 20 minutes or so so then um the last, you know, little bit before we got there, he started barking in the car, you know, and it was my husband was driving. So it was kind of startling him. And he's like, this is not going to work. And so, you know, we kept trying to ignore him, you know, and he was all looking over the seat and barking and, you know, whatever, like, oh, you know, this is terrible. I'm so sad. I need some company, whatever. So I, in the middle of while we were driving, unbuckled my goddamn seatbelt being unsafe as hell and climbed <laughs> back to the seats in front of him you know because i was like well maybe he's choking on the leash or whatever don't y'all know as soon as i climbed my african-american ass back to that row in front of him he shut his ass right on up and sat down i was like no you didn't and 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 I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, he needs my company. He's going to like want to, girl, didn't even look at me. was just like, okay, I'm good now. I was like, ain't this some shit. And of course, my husband was side-eyed at me like, dude, he played you. Like, why would you even play that game with him? So he was already, girl, he had already tried it before we even got to the park. So we get to the park and my son had brought his bike. Um, you know, so we start going over to, you know, the little, uh, they have like these pavilions that you can rent and his, um, my husband's school had rented this pavilion. So we put our food down, you know, got out there, child, Angus is the biggest ham 
you would ever want to see. I mean, he act like he ain't never had no human interaction a day <laughs> in his damn life. And of course, everyone was fawning over him. And oh, he's so beautiful. And oh my gosh. And, you know, he was laying down and just, it was wonderful. <laughs> but it was, it, but then his true self started to show because literally he would kind of lull people into, you know, kind of a sense of, you know, um, security. Like, oh, I'm just a friendly dog. Oh, okay. Let me hump you. So he tried oh to hump gosh. everybody. Yeah, it was, it was a lot. So he tried to hump everybody and all the people um but it was nice you know he got to run around and there were a couple other dogs out there so that was fun came back um after the um cookout came home and then i was like you know let's go out to dinner tonight as opposed to tomorrow night or whatever because you know sunday night gotta get up so we went to my favorite cuban restaurant it was amazing um i had the best meal it was what did i end up having uh shit i can't remember I don't know, but, but it, it was really good it was good and of course i had to get in a couple of glasses of sangria and a couple of uh cuban rum shots so i was feeling no pain on uh saturday night but it was nice but again i had to chill because i had to get up sunday morning this morning so today was our first qualifying meet for special olympics maryland um and our um uh, power lifters had a meet today to qualify for the state um, Maryland state meet that's happening at the end of October and it's just always like that day you know for me as a coach is just the best like I just I love it I love the adrenaline and the athletes are so excited and they all kicked ass today everybody qualified Yay. got their qualifying lifts and it was I was really concerned because apparently um, so we have practice on Sundays and Thursdays and Thursdays have been a little dicey for me with everything going on at work so I didn't go I wasn't able to go this last Thursday and so when I caught up with the other two coaches also both sisters so we are just like black girl magic all up in the place um and I have a story about that in a second um so I was really concerned because they were like yo we had to change almost all the starting lifts for everybody because they were just like Thursday was just trash like everybody was just off their game you know whatever so we were like, okay, you know, and so I was a little concerned when we got there today because one of the other coaches had to go to another practice with some athletes that are going to the um, national Special Olympic Games in Seattle next year. There were two athletes from our county that, that got picked. So she had to go to that thing with them. I'm so proud of them. So it was just me and the other, my other girlfriend. So, you know, we adjusted the lifts and but everybody just pulled their shit together today. I mean, it was just Yay. truly amazing to watch. I, there's a couple of there's a little bit of video on my Insta, um, Instagram story and I'm gonna add a couple of more tonight of some of the folks actually lifting. But I mean, man, it's shit like that that just makes me recognize like why I love doing this kind of stuff, you know, and they are just the most amazing athletes in the world. I mean, I just I can't say enough about them. I'm super proud of them. So Yay. anyway. So, and as an as a side note, this is a little sort of, uh, you know, um, black girl magic, black don't crack story. So I'm at the meet and this was the most hilarious shit ever, y'all. So myself, the head coach and um, the other coach that is a girlfriend of mine, we're all black women. We are all about the same height. We all have relatively the same build, and we're all <laughs> about the same skin tone. So you know what I'm about to say next, oh, right? Oh, Jesus. Oh, no. The entire day, I was called by the other two coaches' names, right? Of course. And one of, and, and, and one of them also has um, locks like I do. So, you know, 
I kind of will give the white folks a pass a little bit because I could see how they would be like, y'all all look alike because we kind of do. But it was just hilarious the whole day. Oh my gosh, it's so nice to meet you, Kathy. And I'm like, I actually, I'm not Kathy. The other one. I, I literally wish I had had a t-shirt that said, I'm not Kathy. Um, so that was kind of funny. And then one of the um, parents of one of the athletes, I was uh, chit-chatting with him. And I don't even know how this subject came up. But, um, you know, he said something like, well, you know, you you could be my daughter. And I was like, I don't think so. He's like, yeah, you're young enough to be my daughter. And I was like, I'm probably not. And he said, yeah, he said, because and he, you know, his daughter, he was like, yeah, because um, you're younger than Randy, and Randy's 40. And I was like, good, sir. I am 46 Thank you. today. What? And he literally looked at me like, you have got to be lying. And I was like, first of all, if a woman is going to lie about her age, she's not going to jack her age up. She's going to push it back down. Right. And number two, this is that good black that don't crack. And mm-hmm. melanin. Hello. So that was hilarious. It was he in the whole rest of the meet. He just kind of kept looking at me like, wait, what? You're what? Wait, what? So, you know, that made me feel good about, you know, my uh, my consistent use of coconut oil and, and trying to moisturize yes. and hydrate. So yes. drinking some water tonight in that honor. Um, but yeah, so that was my day. Came home, um, took a nap like I the old ass lady that I am Not and uh, was just you know, honestly, like I can literally remember a time when I would have been like, I got to have this to do. I got to flow this way for my birthday. But when you get to be this age and I get like where my how my parents and my elders, you know, cause you know, you ask your your you know, your elders and your family how they're doing. And they're just like, I'm just happy to be here. And you're kind of like, wait, what? Y'all, I fucking get it now. I mean, it's just like, you know tomorrow's not promised i mean and you know about three years ago i don't know if i had mentioned this before on the podcast i know i wrote about it on the blog but um i lost one of my very dearest friends of over 30 years to um, stomach cancer and she was my age so she was 41 when she passed away you know and ever since then like i get it tomorrow is not promised I, every day above ground is a blessing for me so I'm you know really looking forward to making this an amazing year and just you know being thankful to be here and doing the stuff that I love to do so anyway yes that's that so on that same note because of uh, my birthday I was thinking about you know what we could talk about next on the podcast and I thought it might be really interesting to address being in quote-unquote older athlete <laughs> um <laughs> in string sports i hate saying that about myself but it's like yeah dude you're you're old but, you're but old no but realistically I, I mean i'm on the edge of being able to qualify and depending on who you ask in some feds i'm a sub masters right and in a couple of years i'll be a master's athlete yeah so it's a thing. i mean it's a thing like realistically right. I, I can't say i'm a young lifter anymore no right it's the thing so i thought it'd be really interesting tonight to talk a little bit about you know what that experience has been i mean i've been lifting weights for the better part of you know 25 years you know and you know what that looked like for me at um you know what's half it's 46 20 23 20 my math's not so good um you know what that looked like at 23 and even 33 has changed so significantly um to what it looks like today so i thought it'd be really great to talk a little bit about you know some of the kind of pluses of that and some of the downsides and you know different things that um you know we've both experienced um 
in that way and you know just kind of some things to think about so um yeah we can we can jump right into it so i guess you know i'd want to start off um d with just kind of asking you kind of anecdotally from your perspective you know how you feel your training journey has changed from let's say you know 10 years ago or you know whatever 10 years ago five years ago something like that (laughs) well i just funny it's you were just trying to do the math on you know dividing you by two Mm. i was just sitting here trying to figure out how many years it's been since i started training in general so it's been in terms of consistency i want to say it has been about 13 years um and so that makes me i was about 24 23 24 when i started training and i was just sitting here and thought about it and i said you know the biggest thing that has changed in this, I mean, this covers everything, but it's the best summary statement I can think of. I can't train like an idiot anymore. Mm-hmm. I can't train stupid anymore. Right. I didn't even, and that doesn't necessarily mean I need to do some highly scientific and, you know, complicated something. It doesn't mean that I need to hire a coach. It just means I can't be stupid anymore. At 23, I would go through, 24, 25, I would go through these cycles where I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to train three times a day and, or, or, you know, I'm going to lift and then I'm going to take a body pump class and I'm going to take hip hop Mm -hmm. aerobics and then I'm going to run on the treadmill and I can do that dumbness. I I can do all of that dumb shit and it would have zero impact on me at all. Like I could do all that. I mean, let's be real. I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before. I started training primarily because I was a dancer, Mm -hmm. one with one, the kind that wears clothes. Let me just, (laughs) let me give the, let me give the Atlanta disclaimer. (laughs) Let me give the Atlanta disclaimer. I mean, the kind that wears more than their, more than their shoes. Right. Whole entire outfits. Not that there's anything wrong with the other kind. No, just let's just be clear. (laughs) Right. Um, Starting a new job. So we got to clarify some things. Right. Be clear about who I am and what I do. Um, So I used to, on average, just to kind of give a full background on an average week from the time I was about 25 until I was about 29 Mm -hmm. it stopped right around the time I was 30 I was able to physically handle taking anywhere from 15 to 35 hours of dance go to the gym at five o'clock in the morning and then still work a job and at one point in there I was in grad school right and I've always had a job like a full-time job so Mm -hmm. when you add that up I essentially had three jobs that took up all of my time. When you mm-hmm. add up the amount of time I spent, there is no way now as an adult that I could do that. At right. The same, same body, same human being. Um, but that is probably the biggest thing that has changed. The ability for me to do a ridiculous amount of stuff and recover from it. Mm-hmm. And I think what I feel the most, what happened for me is at 25, it didn't matter what I did. At, but from 23 until about 20. Five, it didn't matter what I did at all. Mm-hmm. My body could recover from anything. At 25... Right. I started to feel little things, but I could still pretty much recover from anything. Mm-hmm. I would sometimes get a little more tired than I thought I should be, but really, I could still pretty much recover from anything. Right. 30 smacked me really, really, really hard in the face and was like, look, lady, I'm going to need you to slow your ass down a little bit. And what I would do is I tried to fight that. I really did try to fight that. And I would still go to dance and try to take three hours of dance and still go to the gym at five o'clock in the morning and still try to take my grad school classes or, Mm -hmm. you know, be involved with other activities while I was still working a 40 hour plus sometimes a week job. My body shut that shit down real quick. Yeah. My sleep was jacked up. So my recovery was jacked up. My body was a mess. I couldn't, I just literally like, I couldn't recover from anything. So I would take a dance class and dance has never been a thing that makes me sore like lifting does. And I would take a dance class and it would take me like 
three days to feel better from dance. Right. Or I would go to lift and my I'd be too sore to lift because I took dance the night before. That was not something that would happen in my 20s. Mm-hmm. And now on the other side of 35, and I think this is when it has started to become probably the most obvious to me. At 30, I could still just sort of make minor tweaks or maybe eat more or right. eat better. And I could usually balance things back out or if I scheduled things better, you know? Mm-hmm. On 35, when my body says no, it says no and that's it. It's a hard no. Yeah. It's a hard no. And if I try to avoid it, all kinds of other things. And if mm-hmm. I try to override the system, all kinds of other things go wrong. And I think what now matters more than anything else is my recovery and my ability to recover. So, no, I, can, I, I yeah, I can still train five or six days a week. I can do that. But no, every day cannot be maximum intensity. And I mean, that's mm-hmm. true from a training smart perspective. That's true at any age. Right. But that you shouldn't be doing that but i really can't push that anymore Mm -hmm. um a whole week of me trying to do the most (laughs) Mm -hmm. leaves me with the least exactly and i'm sitting here on saturday kind of like okay well now i just want to eat and sleep Mm -hmm. and i can't do anything else and then on sunday i can't do anything else and by monday i feel okay but i don't feel great i you i can't there's not a lot of room now that I'm on the other side of 35, closer to 40. I don't have that same wiggle room to do dumb stuff and force my body to bounce back from it. Right. And I think the biggest impact that that has had for me is that when I work with coaches or look for advice about my lifting, I absolutely have to find people who know what an older athlete means. Because right. I think in this sport, yes, there are definitely older coaches. Um, but a lot of the coaches that are at the forefront and that are the most popular and the first ones that people recommend are often people who are in their 20s. Okay. Which is fine. I'm not saying you can't be a great coach in your right. 20s. Right. But you don't understand what the fuck I feel like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because you've never felt it. Yes. And there's something to be said for having a coach who's closer to your age or older than you when you can say to them, look, I'm not recovering. Right. I don't feel good. My body hurts. I'm, you know, I'm not recovering well. And for them to catch on to the fact that, you know what, maybe we're not programming this right. Right. For your body where it is. And even if they aren't necessarily close to your age, they at least have had enough clients in sort of your demographic to take the time to kind of study what that looks like and why that's different than maybe their younger clients. Because that's a thing, too. You know, it's one yes. thing to... Um, you know, be like you said, it's fine to be a younger coach, but to have that foresight to say, you know, there might be some populations that I might need to, you know, sort of approach things differently. And this kind of goes back to the thing that we talked about, about, you know, from our coaching episode. So if you haven't listened, go back and listen to it. I don't know which one it was, but it was really good. Um, You know, making sure that you find a coach that's not a one trick pony, right? Yes. Because if they throw the same type of programming at every single person, regardless of what their situation looks like, then you know that that's not necessarily someone you want to work with. Because if you happen to fall outside of that population, then you're going to find yourself in a in a probably in a in a not great place and thinking that you did something wrong. When really, it's not that you did something wrong. It's that that person didn't personalize that plan enough for your specific needs, or that so. they just don't understand what they are. I think right. I've had some conversations with people who I know work in fitness. They're mm-hmm. they're either personal trainers, some of them are coaches, and they know the theory of working with an older athlete right but they don't necessarily understand how to apply that theory right exactly and how that looks different for other people because Mm -hmm. 
it is really hard if you're everybody's different so my 30 like me as someone who's been training for 13 14 years my body's response to training is going to be very different from someone who is my same age mm-hmm. but is just picking up the barbell today right and there are a lot more concerns with someone who's pretty much either unconditioned as an athlete or um is conditioned maybe to run but they've never lifted before right. and you're they're picking up the barbell for the first time at 37 years old right but and i th- i think sometimes that does make it hard because it's very different for everyone mm-hmm. to figure out what that feels like sure. and how to navigate that and i think sometimes for us as athletes who are a little bit older we don't even always realize that it's our age <laughs> that's right. causing the problem right like we'll sit there and say well maybe i didn't sleep enough or maybe mm-hmm. i didn't th-. and then sometimes you just realize like, i've definitely had moments where i'm like no it's not that it's that you're too old to be acting this way stop yeah. and Get i think more too, sleep <laughs> right and i think too just kind of with the you know sort of advent of you know social media and the culture that kind of surrounds you know fitness and competing and you know sports and all of these things there's this you know and i i think this is just you know kind of the um you know just the way things have unfolded nature of the beast these days but there's definitely this whole culture around you know don't sleep you know no days off right. don't do this exactly. don't do that so in light of that if i can sleep looking, when i'm dead that's my right favorite. right and if you mm-hmm. if you are still looking at what you are doing through that lens you do start of start to question yourself like you know maybe i'm doing something wrong or maybe it's this and maybe and you know i've had that conversation with myself many a day and it's funny because really with this particular prep you know with a lot of the things that were kind of not going wrong but that were just sort of happening with my body that had never happened before you know i'm sitting there like oh man and then finally i was like nah bitch you old like i mean <laughs> let's be clear you know and it's it, it's not a good or a bad or it's just it is what it is and that doesn't mean that you know i i, I wasn't necessarily using that as an excuse to not work hard but I think, again, in recognizing that because of that, you are going to have to change some things and change the way that you look at things, um, you know, is is really important because you will find yourself questioning yourself a lot of the time. Well, because I think you really, especially in these sports, we don't all talk about our ages. And I know most of the lifters I know casually, either through social media or just random contacts, most of them are not masters lifters. Mm-hmm. Very few of them are. Right. And so when I'm listening to someone who's 24 or 25 or 26 talk about, well, I run this program where I do this six days a week and blah, blah, blah. It's really easy when you're surrounded by that. And I think we all do this in regular life. You kind of assume everybody's about your age. After right. a certain point, you right. stop thinking about, unless they look very, very young. Like I can tell it's somebody who's only 21 or 22. Right. I can look at them and say, okay, you're young. Mm-hmm. But once everybody gets to the, like closer to 30 or, you know, on that 27, mm-hmm. 28, I can't tell how old you are. So I just assume you're about my age. Right. And right. that's just how it is. Yeah. And I think that works to a disadvantage for us for us as older athletes because you might be listening to someone mm-hmm. and without ever saying if you don't specifically talk about oh well i'm a master's athlete or i'm a sub-master's right. athlete a lot of times you just don't know how old anyone is right and people will give you advice with the assumption that you're the same age i've actually had that happen in the gym talking to other lifters i was kind of do- hanging out with some of the guys from the barbell club um, at my gym and we were all talking about training styles and programs we had run and things like that 
and I, I have to laugh because one of the guys said to me, he was like, well, I tried to run a program that looked like Program X. I'm not going to get into whose programming mm-hmm. it was or what programming it was. He said, and you know, he's, I, I was, I'm just too old for that. He said, but for someone your age, as young as you are, right. um, that's perfectly fine. And I looked at him and I said, well, wait a minute, how old are you? And he told me how old he was. And I said, I'm only a year younger than you are. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the experiences that you think I should be having, that's not what I'm having because I'm the same age as you. Right. Right. And I think we have to be really careful about that. And yeah. I think sometimes... And I think, too, you know, again, sort of because of, of you know, sort of the, the your peer group in terms of that particular sport, again, you're not necessarily, like you said, you're not necessarily thinking, okay, I got like a good 10 to 15 years on these mofos. So you're with them and it's almost like you forget, you know, so they're like, oh, yeah, well, today's wad is this and then we're going to do this, this and this. And you're like, okay, bet, you know, and then your body's like, no, that's actually not going to happen. You know, so I think because you are, and also too, when you think about it, for a lot of folks, you know, going into a particular sport, you know, biologically, you may be older, or biologically, you know, that person may be younger than you, but in terms of years doing that specific thing, they may be older than you or you guys are kind of on the same page so you're right. not necessarily considering your biological age and what that really means you know with respect to them and i think that also goes back to another past episode of the chocolate bar where we talked about comparison and comparing yourself to other people this is why it's so important to not do that because again everybody's kind of in a different space so you cannot look at someone who is you know 25 years old and you know pulling a you know 400 pound deadlift at 120 pounds and then feel bad because you're not doing those same things right Right. Um, and then again that doesn't mean that you should be using that as an excuse not to kind of give your all to your particular sport but you have to keep those things in perspective And I think another place where this comes into really important perspective, and I was thinking about this because of a conversation I had today, um, you got to think about that with your diet and your body composition and things like that. Um, I have a friend who is about 25 and she is dieting in the context that you and I would call a prep for the stage. And she has been able to lean out relatively easily, kind of almost by accident. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And someone kind of commented on it well well, how come when i do my diet like this it doesn't work for me like that well you're 34 and she's 25 right it is a lot easier and i don't give a fuck because there's a whole lot of you know like you were just saying that whole no excuses right no fuck that Mm -hmm. biology says you lose muscle mass you lose your metabolism it may not be a massive 500 calorie metabolism loss but your metabolism slows down at 25 you might not have the life commitment so there's not just science here there's just shit that happens when you're an yeah. adult yeah i was reading something on um breaking muscle talking about uh i was adults. reading that website today too girl and i love that website mm-hmm. it's, it's it's one of my favorite little internet land places for lifting information and they made a really good point about the fact that sometimes the things that change aren't just the biology it's mm-hmm. that as we get older and if it doesn't happen, you're making different life choices. But mm-hmm. the overall trend is that as you get older, things get more complicated. Mm-hmm. You might at 25 
my job was a job where I could walk in the door at 8.30 right. and leave at the end of the day at 5 and nobody expected me to work late. I had no responsibilities to that job other than mm-hmm. my assigned tasks. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have the money I have now, so I wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. I wasn't making monetary choices. I didn't have any responsibilities. I had, well, I still don't have any kids, but I didn't have a dog or two right. dogs for that matter. Mm-hmm. Which um, are kind of like lived, kids. I mean, let's be yeah, real. I mean, feed, walk eat yep. sleep yeah poop only you know thing that you know <laughs> they can't sort of the downside with fur with human kids is that you can't put them in a crate but i digress basically <laughs> even when you want to uh, <laughs> don't be calling cps on me y'all i'm just kidding <laughs> but um there are all these things that happen and as your job as you get older in most cases you either gain more responsibility or there's a higher level of expectation set for you not that you set necessarily for yourself but that has just come with having xyz number of experience uh, years of experience i can't do the same things now at 37 with 12 years of experience in my field that i can do at two in, in 2005 at 25 <laughs> i'd get fired right um, so though a lot of times there's that and i think when you talk about younger coaches that no excuses thing mm-hmm. there's a perspective lack of perspective when you hear that from people right and if again and we talked about this on the comparison episode we've talked about it i think in a couple other episodes mm-hmm. and i think it always comes back because it's so important that whole idea of comparing yourself com- if you're going to do it i mean i we clearly have come down on the side of don't compare yourself period right but if you're going to do it come down on the side of someone whose life looks like right yours. at least pick your peer group <laughs> please don't if you're 42 don't compare yourself to 22 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and also again as an adult well not an adult but an older adult your your life perspective usually changes Mm -hmm. it doesn't for everyone but i know nitpicking the living shit out of my diet is just not on my priority list i track my macros i eat you know for the most part pretty well but nitpicking the living fuck out of my diet is not the least bit fulfilling Mm mm-hmm um, it's not on my priority list. Maybe if I was in a prep and I had flipped the switch, that's different. Right. But, and when you start getting into these things where I, I had a, a conversation with a dietitian at one point a couple years ago, and she kind of was drilling into me, well, you need to make sure that you're eating this exact number of calories. And if you're not doing this every day and right. you need to clean everything, the reality is I have a job. I have mm-hmm. a, and at the time I had a job where we took clients out to lunch right. and I could not be sitting at a table where everybody else is eating steak and chicken. And you whip and, out your Tupperware. And, and, and I whip out my Tupperware. I'm like, well, I'll just have a side salad. That That's not appropriate in my world. Mm-hmm. And so there are all these things that happen as you get older. At 25, no one would ask me that thing. Why? Mm-hmm. Because at 25, I had no responsibilities. I wasn't client facing. I wasn't a manager. I wasn't anything like that. Right. And as you get older... And I think sometimes I know I've seen in my years, and I'm sure you have too, lots of coaching questionnaires when you start in with a new coach. Mm-hmm. And the ones that I have found who do the best job of that and understanding what your life looks like are the ones who have the extensive questionnaires, not right. just asking about your lifting history, but what does your real life look like and right. what can you really commit to? Because I know I'm not going to tell anyone at this point in my life that I am willing to commit to the same kind of diet that I ran on when I was prepping at what 28 29 years old yeah nope nope yeah why exactly because I'm not going to live off of grilled chicken breast broccoli oatmeal and the occasional piece of fish or the occasional piece of steak Mm -hmm. that's just not where I am right now and so and that's okay it's fine it's just where I am right now and I'm not looking to have it's something that has evolved as I've gotten older it's just not a priority mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I think 
when we all talk about that age thing and when you're starting with a new coach or you're joining a new organization related to, you know, places to train or a team to train with, make sure, you know, if you're an older lifter, I wouldn't advise joining a team of a bunch of 22-year-old girls if right. you're a woman. I'm right. assuming a lot of our listeners are women because we talk right. about women's issues. But I wouldn't recommend joining a team full of 22-year-old women mm-hmm. if you're 45 right. or 38. Because I know, and I love y'all, I really do, at 22, I love y'all, but I have like maybe a four-hour tolerance of 22-year-old girls who act 22. Right. Like, my lifestyle needs and my conversation yeah. needs and the things that I have going on we don't have, and they have the same level of tolerance for me because I become the old lady in the room. Right, and I was equally as annoying at twenty two. Like yeah, I, I sure was. Mm-hmm. I can picture myself at twenty two and be like, "Damn, I'd want to slap the shit out of myself now." Yep. And it's interesting <laughs> the thing you mentioned about, um, you know, sort of your your tolerance or your capacity, you know, in terms of of diet. I think that was a really, you know, kind of uh, defining moment for me because when I had decided to work with, um, you know, the, the, my current coach or, and he was, you know, obviously coaching me for bodybuilding prep at the time, you know, one of the things that I knew is that he tended to like longer, more gradual prep. So I already knew going in that that was a possibility, but then sort of, again, you kind of lump on, um, how much more difficult it can be to lose body fat as an older athlete. You know, I knew that it was going to not, this was not going to be no 12 week bullshit. Right. And that's actually what I had been doing up until that point. Um, You know, 12 weeks had pretty much been kind of my standard prep. And, you know, I got the results that, you know, I, I needed to get for, you know, or, you know, I was happy with the results that I had gotten, but, you know, this was again, my first pro show, my first pro show as a women's physique athlete, which is, um, decidedly different in terms of the level of body fat from, you know, a, um, uh, figure athlete, at least in the, in the natural organization. So, you know, I knew going in that it was going to be a long haul. Um, and you know, when I had started talking to him and he was like, yeah, we're looking at, you know, this many weeks, 26, whatever. I don't even remember now. And I'm like, okay, you know, let's, let's, let's go forward and see what happens. And then, you know, for me, you know, obviously there came a point in time where I was just like, this just isn't worth it for me, you know? And, um, I didn't really feel any kind of way about it, you know? And I, I don't think that that, like, I didn't look at it like, you know, you're a quitter, you're this, you're that. But I was just kind of like, like, this ain't that serious to me for me to be going through all this for, you know, 30 weeks I'm just not gonna do it but you know there are plenty I have plenty of you know friends and 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 folks that you know he also coaches where that that is worth it for them and so they have the maturity to be able to do that you know as an older and you know a lot of more older athletes and so you know they make those choices but I think you know had it been 10 years ago I would have probably just you know stuck it out and been miserable the whole time mm-hmm. and been mentally fucked up and been emotionally fucked up and you know god only knows what it would have done to my body but i would have just kept going you know just because yep. even though i didn't want to do it and i think again you know that's definitely one of the things i think as you mature and and get older and have more life experience where you're able to look at it and be like nah i'm good and like i said on a previous episode you know my coach cliff was kind of like everybody has to decide for themselves whether the juice is worth the squeeze you know is the reward at the end of the day worth the bullshit you got to go through to get it and sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't and i think you know having the ability to 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 sort of make that distinction is something that you know happens as you you know again get a little older and have a little life experience 
I'm just not, you know, when I look at sort of, you know, the, the larger sort of, you know, picture at the end of the day of, you know, who I am as a just kind of a everyday walking around kind of person and, you know, sort of, you know, my, my ability to function that just turned out to for me was more important than this finite period of time of being able to step on stage so yes i was like fuck that (laughs) i mean it's it's just a very different place and i think one of the things that is often hard for certain coaches to accept and i don't care what their age is but i think i see it usually when i talk to people who have younger coaches who are older athletes we know when our body isn't right Mm mm-hmm we know and it's not just always a oh fuck this i don't want to do this because it's not worth it but i know when okay this little bit of weight gain is the beginning of something being really fucking wrong with me Mm -hmm. or that little knee pain i felt oh uh uh-uh i don't need to squat for the next two weeks because something's legitimately wrong with me now and it's it's hard to kind of there's this weird transition i think that happens and i know it definitely happened to me where maybe 10 years ago i would have completely not questioned my coach Mm -hmm. and i would have just done whatever and i distinctly remember doing that when i was dancing i had i worked for a talent development person and i did a lot of her uh the programming she did for her artists at the time i used to do a lot of that as kind of an experiment for her or i would run along next to you know some of her some of her uh artists that she was working with Mm mm-hmm And I distinctly remember I had, there was a point where I was going to the gym every day before I went to work. Mm -hmm. And then I would continue to take dance classes, uh, do work on choreography with her, work out with her, uh, with her artists that she was working with. And I remember one day she said to me, she was like, you know, you know, Adina, because that's when I used my real name all the time with everybody. Right. Um, (laughs) You know, I really think that, um if you keep this up you'll be thin enough to be on stage anytime Mm. and so i continued to drive after her idea of what the right size was for my body Mm -hmm. i've posted pictures on instagram of what i looked like back then i was emaciated right (laughs) i was emaciated and had no muscles um but for her i was too big and i remember just sort of because she was the expert i followed along Mm-hmm. I got a little bit older, and when I did my prep, that kind of turned into a nightmare. Mm-hmm. I questioned my coach a little bit more, right? but I still didn't necessarily know enough about the situation. I didn't know enough about prep at the time to feel confident in my questioning, so I just quit. I said, you know what? Something's wrong. Right. And at that point, I was in my late 20s, early 30s, so I knew enough to say, I don't like this. Whatever this is, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. And I walked away from that. And most recently with powerlifting, I've had... Well, my most recent coach, we know, he, he stopped working at my gym, so that was one thing. But the coach I had at the beginning of the year, I knew my, either mentally or physically, something was off. Mm-hmm. I was not getting necessarily stronger where I thought I should be. And it's very hard, even when you are fully confident in your decisions, to sometimes say, it just doesn't feel good. Right. And for those of you who listen, who coach, I really encourage you, especially if you're younger and you coach older athletes, um, to when someone says that to you, explore that. Don't discourage it until you figure out what it is. Yeah, right. Sometimes it is us having anxiety or performance anxiety or being uncomfortable with a new way of training. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's genuinely your athlete is telling you something is wrong and it really is not okay. Right. And I think and, also we are able to discern much better, you know, 
as you get older, the, like I said before, the difference between this is out of my comfort zone, you know, whether it be physically or everything else. And so it's going to be uncomfortable or like you said, something is not right. And it's just something that you have to understand that at this age, the older you get, the better you know your body. You've been walking around mm-hmm. in it more decades. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and it's, I mean, just like my grandmother, as funny as this sounds, she can tell you when it's her knee is just hurting because it's going to rain. Girl, versus I, <laughs> I think we all got that relative. And that's what yes. I'm waiting for to click in. Like, that's when I'm like, yeah, I can't. First of all, I can't wait to be the age where I can say whatever the fuck I want and just come out my mouth all the time to people and nobody's going to check me. And then also when my body parts start telling me what the weather's going to be like. I I've, can't wait I've, for that. I've, I've got the rain knee. I just picked that one up. <laughs> when, you bust, when you bust your ACL and your meniscus a bunch of times over right. the by the time you're in your 30s, you have rain. It starts totally, talking to you. Yeah, like I am actually planning on, and see, this is exactly what we're talking about. I am planning on taking painkillers before I go to bed tonight because when it rains, like the kind of rain we're having where there's major atmospheric changes and mm-hmm, things, mm-hmm. my knee will hurt so badly that it will wake me up out of a dead ass sleep Yeah, from pain. So yeah. that's one of those things I know about my body. If the gym was even open tomorrow, I'm pretty sure it's not because school is closed. So I don't mm. think the gym is going to be open. Oh, wow. Um, I know for a fact the one thing I wouldn't be doing tomorrow is squatting. Right. Exactly. exactly. But I, I, I just think we, as older athletes, we need like <laughs> older athletes consulting, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> because really, as you get older, you don't know what's normal. You don't. Right. You really don't. No one tells you what's normal. And, um, although she's not a black woman, I know you follow Fire Horse and, mm-hmm. um, Hey girl! She, she talks about her real name is gretchen for those of you who know her from other venues she talks about what it's like she's and she talks about her age so i can i can put it out there she's 51 and Mm -hmm. she talks a lot about what 51 feels like as a lifter right and the things that have changed for her over the years and she's a new lifter she's i think only been lifting a year now year and Mm -hmm. a half shout out to her for holding all the state records and everything ever right right that's (laughs) listen talk about goals man but um it's it's one of those things that every step of the way you start to learn what does mm-hmm. and does not work. Right. And that's just how it is. Yep. I, I think at, I, you know, as much as I hate the fact that my body doesn't recover the way it used to, I wouldn't give back any of the experience and learning that came with this body. That's just like, fuck you. I don't want to train anymore. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> to go back to 25 and all the dumb stuff I used right. to do at 25. Exactly. Because exactly. I used to do some really, really dumb stuff. I think we at twenty five, I used to ooh, ooh. I, I just I two, three, four hours. I distinctly remember I used to do three hours of cardio, not mm-hmm. because I was trying to not be fat, but just cause. Right. I could, right. so yeah. I did. <laughs> and so that's, you know that that drove a lot of my decisions back then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think for me, very similar to a lot of the things that you've mentioned. You know. Um, you know, definitely some of the things that I've noticed over the years, um, you know, at least, you know, from a physical standpoint is, like I said, just physical capability. Um, and that doesn't nec- that doesn't mean that I feel like I'm, you know, I'm weaker than I was or, um, you know, I'm not capable of doing the same things. I mean, I think it's it's pretty much proven. Like, so let's say you look at it from a bodybuilding standpoint. Like, at, your ability to put on muscle 
um, as you get older, decreases, right? And and you don't put it on it as quickly. Um, and you may not be able to put on as much. So there's, you know, there comes that time when you're really, you know, kind of not, not, not saying that you can't make improvements, but they're a lot more, um, they're not quite as sort of grand as you might be able to make in your, you know, 20s. And um, they take a lot longer to come. Right. And I think for perspective's sake, if you're after a certain age, I think it's 40, maybe it's 45 or 50. Mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly where it falls, but I know it's on the other side of 40. Yeah. You're not only trying to gain muscle, but you're fighting off muscle loss. Yes. Because at a exactly. certain point, your body's like, ha ha, we're yeah. old enough that we don't need this anymore. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, I, I've, that's one of the things that I've, I've noticed. And I mean, I'm, I think I'm definitely one of those people who, you know, when I was younger, just because of, of my sort of genetic, you know, makeup and um, build, I actually was able to add muscle fairly easily to my frame. Um, and I just found as I got older, that just didn't happen, A, happen quite as quickly, especially my my upper body, because my lower body, I, I just kind of was born with, with legs. But my upper body, you know, was always that area that I was trying to improve on. And as I got a little older, I started noticing that it was taking longer and longer. And those improvements were coming slower and slower and slower. Um, and, you know, I just got to the point where I just said, okay, well, it is what it is, right? Um, so that was definitely one of the things that I noticed. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't continue to make improvements and you can't continue, you know, to sort of um, maximize your potential. It's just going to look different than it would if you, you know, were, were coming into the sport, like I said, referencing bodybuilding, um, you know, where that muscle growth thing is kind of what you're looking for. Um, you know, if you came into that at, at 20 or 25 or, or even younger. Um also, you know, now on the flip side of that, you know, if you want to think about a con or whatever, um, I think one of the things that I have noticed, not only not, I don't know, not so much for me, but just looking at some of my, you know, friends that are um, bodybuilders, um, in particular, and are, you know, masters athletes now, like there's definitely something to be said about muscle maturity, like it just, yes, it's just a different look aesthetically and it's just a fuller to me more beautiful look than maybe you might have at 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 20 or 25 because you just haven't you haven't put that time in yet you know when you look at um you know bodybuilders and athletes that have been you know lifting and competing for you know 20 years or 10 years or 15 years they're going to have a decidedly different look than someone who kind of has been in the game for you know the last couple of years or you know even five years and i think you know a lot of times when i look at a lot of younger athletes you know i find that they you know are frustrated and stressed out and 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 almost wanting these things to happen overnight and it's like it's that's not how it works like there is there there is a, you know, especially as a natural athlete, there is just a, a certain amount of time you are going to have to put into your physique in order for it to, you know, sort of have that aesthetic that you might look at someone, you know, who's who's been competing at the Arnold or, or you know, some of these other, you know, prominent athletes. Um, they've put in the time and effort, right? And there's not a, there, you're not going to be able to get around that. You know, and so I think, you know, having that muscle maturity um, just gives you a, a different look kind of without you necessarily striving for that look. I mean, you work hard, but it's just going to look different. 
Um, so, you know, I definitely look at that in terms of physical capability. And then we talked a little bit about the dieting, like that definitely has changed a lot for me. Um, you know, in the last, even the last five years, you know, every year it's been different in terms of what I did do, what I needed to do. And I mean, you know, on this side now where I'm trying to, you know, kind of recalibrate, like, you know, I'm, I'll shit, I'll keep it 100. I mean, I've definitely been struggling, you know, kind of with that um, nutrition aspect of, you know, what's going to work for me now to kind of get me to a good, happy medium space, you know, with my everyday walking around weight and all of that. So, you know, and, and, but I'm kind of able to keep it in perspective and just say, well, you know, I'll just, it was going to take some time and I'll figure it out. Um, the other huge thing for me that I have noticed that has really, and this has really been the last year and a half to two years, that has really changed is recovery. Oh, yes. Jesus. I mean. I'm calling on the Lord for help. Yes. Please, white baby Jesus in the manger, come (laughs) and help us out. That has something that's been real, like, when I think about, you know, and generally speaking, I think I've mentioned this before, I'm fine with getting older, because listen, it's better than the alternative. So I'm cool with it. I don't, you know, I've never been one of those women that, you know, sort of is looking in the mirror and looking for wrinkles and just, eh, I'm not 20 anymore. But recovery time has really been a hard pill to swallow for me. Um, because it is, it takes me so much longer to recover from a workout now, you know, and again, you know, I might, you know, mentally be like, yo, I'm I'm gonna get after it again tomorrow. And my body, like I said before, is like, nah, bitch, no, you're not, you know, and so that's been really frustrating for me to just accept that this is where this is where I am right now. Um, You know, I've had a couple of nagging injuries that, you know, come and go. And and the more that I train, you know, the more prevalent they are. And it's always that, you know, it's been that battle of, you know, at least it used to be a battle of, okay, well, do you fight through this or do you lay off? And now it's not even a battle because there is no choice. I have no choice but to lay off because I physically cannot, you know, um, you know, if my forearm is, you know, injury is bothering me, I cannot lift. Like, it's not even a matter of, well, I'm going to do it anyway. Nah, I can't. You know, and and that that's been I think the hardest pill to swallow because I used to like you said I would do you know I was the queen of two a day so I would do you know all the group exercise classes then go to the gym and lift then do cardio at night blah 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 I can't even tell you the last time I a wanted to do that b did that or c was capable of doing that um, so I'm just a you know y- y- your body kind of takes over at that point you know and says we're going to make it real clear to you that this is not going to be a thing for you. Um, And, you know, with, with, um, you know, bodybuilding prep, you know, you are a lot of times forced to do, you know, something in the morning or break up your training Mm -hmm. because as you start to have to put in more time with respect to cardio, I mean, if you have a regular full-time job, like I can't spend four hours in the gym in the morning unless I spend the night there from the night before, you know, (laughs) So they're, they're definitely somehow. Just, I don't think your husband would appreciate. No, that. he would not approve. Um, so there were those days, and it was getting to be you know more and more frequently where you know I would go and put my two hours, you know, two hours and some change maybe in in the morning, and then I'd have to come home at night. And luckily, I have some cardio equipment in my house, but I'd have to come home at night and put in another extra hour or however long of cardio, right? And you know, it's just it, it was getting harder and harder to recover from that. Um, so I think that 
that is definitely something that has changed for me. Um, you know, and even now, like I said, you know, it's always kind of this balance between, yo, I haven't been across in a while. I really want to wad. Um, or, you know, I have this schedule training or this schedule cardio. Which one do I pick? Because I cannot do both. Right. And I think, you know, having for me, having the maturity to recognize that and again, recognize it that it's OK and it doesn't mean you're not working hard, but you got to stay smart. You got to you got to train smarter. Um, and, and I've definitely been doing more of that and being more mindful of that. Um, since I've gotten older. Um, and then I think also what has changed for me, and you mentioned this a little bit too, in terms of, you know, when I was looking for a coach um, and, and, you know, kind of figuring out, you know, what I wanted to do and kind of what their philosophy was and what was going to work for my life or what have you. One of the things that was really important to me was finding someone who, like I said, had the ability to be flexible to what my lifestyle was like. Right. Um, you know, because I definitely had those experiences of, you know, oh, OK, well, you know, what do you so how does that usually work and what do you do? Oh, you're going to be in the gym four hours a day. OK, yep. well, see, I have a job and I have a family and I can't do that. And they're like, well, how, you know, that whole, how bad do you want it? And I'd be like, good day, not sir. Not that bad. Yeah, not, not that, that bad. bad. So, you know, having the ability to recognize what was going to work for me and being okay with being flexible. You know, I, I think, uh, again, there's almost sort of this, you know, badge of honor for, you know, athletes, um, particularly physique athletes to, you know, I listen to everything. I do everything my coach tells me just as he says that I'm a robot and blah, 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 blah. And that's fine. You know, I mean, I think that's great. Obviously, you want to, if you're trusting someone enough to, to take you through process, you want to listen to them. But for me, you know, I think I've had to be okay with moving things around. I mean, my coach is okay with it. He's kind of like, listen, as long as you hit these macros at the end of the day, or as long as you get this training in, or you do this, I, this is what I recommend, but I don't really care how you put it all together, you know, and, and learning to be okay with that, I think is something that um, has definitely been different for me. And it's worked a lot better, certainly. Um, because again, you know, as a younger athlete, I was definitely one of those I, you know, I'm in lockstep, I do everything to the to the, you know, t to the every last dotted I and cross T and blah, 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 blah. And now I'm like, okay, well, I know that I need to get these things done today. But I'm gonna have to flip everything or Listen, I go, I go to church on Sundays and it's family day. I don't ever train on Sunday. So can I move this from Sunday to this day? Right. Um, and, you know, you know, my coach is like, yeah, well, that's fine. But, you know, for me, that that part of the puzzle is more important that I keep that part of my life and schedule, you know, regular. So I'm not willing to give that up. Um, and I, you know, I definitely remember some days when I was younger where, you know, I was, you know, training you know right after church and not going to family breakfast and doing all these other things so um that's something that's definitely you know i think changed for me um and then like i said just kind of endurance in terms of the ability you know to kind of overload my body in certain ways has definitely decreased you know i i definitely was one of those what a rest day is for and I don't need a rest day and it's funny you see these posts where people they're pouting because they're like I have to take a rest day girl I'm like backflips and listen when I tell you I am like again doing praise dance when I look at my schedule and be like yo today is rest day it's like a you know an unexpected gift and I mean and and sometimes 
I got to put some shit in there that's not scheduled because I'm just like, "Mm -mm, it's not happening today. It's just not gonna happen. You know, and I I can do that now and not feel bad about it and not beat myself up about it and not feel no kind of way, you know, so I think that's definitely, um, you know, that's definitely changed for me over the years, right? That's a big one. Now that you say that I just you just made me think of something. So the way I've been training since I was since probably of January this year when I signed on with my first coach of this year mm-hmm. <laughs> has been Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, with Tuesday and Thursday kind of being these days where I go in and either and do some sort of cardio, sometimes so sometimes intense, sometimes not so intense. And I have learned to be surprisingly flexible. Mm-hmm with those i used to feel super guilty oh god i didn't make it to the gym on a cardio day oh my god and and yeah no it's 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 i those of you who follow me on instagram know i actually kind of love cardio um Mm -hmm. it's probably to my to my detriment to a certain extent (laughs) but i i'm 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 a girl who cardios so but i've learned that there are just days where i'm gonna wake up and if i've done 10 by 10 sets of squats i'm not getting out the bed to go do cardio the next morning right sometimes i can barely walk my dogs Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. and i've had to get more comfortable with the fact that there are just certain things that okay my body is saying no and that's just what it is and pushing through it is no longer an option it just isn't something i can do right And, and and of course you know assuming you know we're talking about this kind of from a lifestyle perspective like this is a lifestyle right and you're incorporating that now obviously if you know that you have a meet coming up in three weeks or what have you you, you're gonna be a little bit more stringent about those things but even then like there were definitely times in prep before where I was like nah bruh I need a rest day I don't give a damn you know so I think having like you said having that ability to be okay with those things even if you are on a more stringent schedule if you're working towards something but knowing that if you venture you know I think there's this idea that you know if you you know venture off your set plan even by a millimeter that's it that's the difference between you placing first and placing last in your show or you getting your pro card and not getting your pro and that's bullshit you know, right. and I think having that ability to discern that, you know, is something that does happen with age. Because again, you know, you see those, you see those memes, you know, um, you know, somebody, you know, while you're laying in bed, somebody is at the gym working out, you know, whatever or your, your, your competition, competition is, yeah, is at the gym like, and you're asleep. Well, and I'm like, power well, to her. Look, I'm like, look, well, good for that bitch. You know, I'm right. clapping my hands because I'm like, I'm about to roll over in this here bed and continue to sleep so i think again learning to tune out that type of noise and just work on what is best for you within the confines of what you're doing i think you know that that can that can work well and that you can still be successful you know what i mean so i think that's something too that's definitely been a plus for me you know as i've gotten older um and then you know i think just you know, in terms of looking at other things that, you know, again, if we were to break this down the pros and the cons, right? Um, you know, uh, time wise, I think, you know, being in a different space in life can can, you know, kind of work for you. Um, it can be a struggle, too. But I know I found for me, like, because my son is older now, and you know, I don't have to micromanage his schedule quite as much with respect to his homework and doing this and doing that and he's more independent and can do a lot more for himself 
that has freed up some time with me for me to devote to training, right? Um, and so I can get up in the morning and, you know, go to the gym and train and know that even if I'm still there when he's waking up, he's going to be able to get himself up out of bed, get his clothes on, brush his teeth, make his lunch, blah, 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 blah. And then I just kind of come home and do the, you know, give him the once over before he heads out the door. So that's definitely, I think something that, um, you know, has been a, a, a pro for me. Um, and I think this is, you know, kind of, if you look, looked at it from the flip side, you mentioned it too. Um, in terms of, you know, training, you know, you might be in that space of life where you are more advanced in your career, depending on what you do. And you do have a more stressful job and you do have to put in more time and you can't just leave it on your desk when you leave at five o'clock, then that might take away from your training, right? As opposed to being younger and being, you know, either in more of a support role or, you know, you're just kind of, you know, sort of having those first few jobs out of, out of school where, you know, you can just kind of clock out and be done with it. So, you know, I think it definitely can those days yeah i do in some ways i do (laughs) um i think it can kind of work both ways you know for you in terms of that um and then the other thing that you mentioned i think that's changed for me um you know it's just having the ability financially to invest some time into your hobby right and again everybody's situation is different but you know i've kind of gotten to a space in life where you know, A, I mean, I'm, I'm, I budget for it anyway, you know, no matter what it is, I'm going to be like, okay, this is where I want to be next year. What do I have to do financially to get there? But it is a little bit easier for me to, you know, okay, I need to buy this and this and this, you know, and I can kind of do that without as much, without it impacting my, um, you know, finances as much as when I was making significantly less money, right? Um, so I definitely think that's something that's changed over the years and has made, you know, you know, pursuing this hobby to be a little bit less stressful. So def- that's know. definitely true. Yeah, and I, I mean, it's... don't get me wrong. Like, there's definitely. I'm listen. I am thrifty, so we are definitely gonna do an episode on like hacks to you know save some money when you're competing or, or trying to you know get into these sports. But um, you know, it, it, it's nice to kind of be in that place where you're not necessarily worried about that 24-7. And having the ability to say, okay, I, there is no way to be thrifty about this. Like, for example, you can't really be thrifty about a coach. Right. Either you're going to pay them or you're not. Right. <laughs> yeah, you that's know, true. There are options that are cheaper that are, you know, and more expensive. Yeah. But at the at the end of the day, if you, have, if you need a coach, you need a coach. And some things you don't want to cheap out on. Like, some things you get what you pay for. So you have to take that into consideration, too. Right. And so I think it is, there's something to be said for having the ability to make those kinds of decisions. And it's, it's being older, I think because of the whole ability to, and I definitely do this better now than I did when I was in my twenties to weigh things against each other and prioritize Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. that helps too, because now I can say, all right, I want to do a meet in XYZ month Mm -hmm. between now and then I have all these regular life expenses. Right. And then I also have powerlifting expenses, X, Y, and Z. Right. At 25, I would have just been like, fuck it, here's my credit card, make it work. Right. <laughs> like, right. And figured it out later. Yeah. And not and, really necessarily and, pro- pro- like properly aligned any of that stuff. Right. It would have just been a mess. Period. And, you know, I may step on a few toes with what I'm about to say. But, um, you know, when you are, when you have, and this is just my opinion, like I'm even now, like I'm like, okay can I afford to do this right now based upon where I am? And if I can't, I'm going to wait, 
right and i think again there's that certain level of you know i don't I don't necessarily like I'm not necessarily looking for instant gratification anymore. So I don't necessarily I don't mind, you know, okay, well, I have to put this off for a few months because you know, my money's funny or whatever, you know, and I have noticed a trend on social media where, you know, folks are using, you know, fundraising apps online to do things like pay for the expenses associated with a show. I'm not going to make a judgment call on that because I'm trying to enter my 46 year of life uh, not being quite as petty. However, um, like I said, I think there's something to be said with, you know, having the ability to say, you know what, I can't do this right at this moment in in a way that I can do this independently. So I'm going to wait versus I need to do it right now. It needs to happen today. So I'm going to ask all these other people to pay for my shit, my tanning and my suit and my hair and my plane fare, you know. So do with that what you will. It's just something I've noticed. And who knows, maybe 15, 20 years ago, I would have done the same thing, but I could never imagine myself doing no shit like that now. Right. And I will say for me, I think, and just so that I can... I don't know. I, I think about this a little differently. I don't, I'm not a big fan of those, to be perfectly honest. It's probably, I don't, I couldn't see myself doing that, especially not for something like a bodybuilding show, especially not a local show. Um, I, and I, and I, I don't mind supporting someone's dream, but if your dream is standing on stage in a bikini, <laughs> I mean, don't do that. <laughs> more power to you, but the, it's the stage isn't going anywhere, and neither is your bikini. You know what? Like, <laughs> this is why we can't get nowhere as a race because we are terrible people. <laughs> but, but like, I'm sorry, that was hilarious. <laughs> like, because let's break this down. I and I really had to kind of come to grips with this with myself when I was prepping that I, you know, because there is this thing that happens, and we Listen. all know it. As Martin and Malcolm did not die <laughs> for, for you, you to stand get on stage. for you to ask people for money to stand your ass up on stage in a glittering bikini. Okay, and Let's I mean, I really, I really had to get real with myself about the entire process of prep because I think there's this really ridiculous thing that happens to a lot of people, and it's something about the process of prep because I don't see it happening in powerlifting that it becomes the most important thing in your entire life and you are willing to sacrifice your friends, time with your kids. And I don't see it in older athletes as much. I think it's one of those things that we're talking about that as you get older, your perspective changes a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I remember, you know, seeing people who I was friends with who competed when I was much younger and who kind of paved the way for me to start thinking about it. It takes over your entire life. Right. And that's why I said, sometimes you have to be really, really real about what you're really doing when you do this. Because I have friends who have taken the bikini figure thing, whatever, competed in it and turned it into an entire job. Not the competing part, but the connections they made and the things and talents that they recognize, for example, being able to be a posing coach or a suit maker. Mm -hmm. In that case, okay, more power to you. You've done something with it. But let's be real. If this is your first show, that you've ever done in the history of the world. Your dream is standing 
on a stage in a bikini. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that's a bad thing. I'm right. saying perspective. And I think right. as we get older, that perspective changes. And I feel, I mean, yeah, powerlifting at the, at the end of the day, it is the same thing. I think the difference is, is that I don't know anybody in powerlifting who has dreams of making millions of dollars as a powerlifter, right. or who thinks that powerlifting is going to be the thing that makes them famous. Mm-hmm. Most mm-hmm. of the people I know who have dreams of making money as a powerlifter want to get good enough at it to be a coach. Right. Or to open a gym. Like there's right. a practical there's a practical thing behind it, not just sort of this is the beginning and the ending of it. I'm gonna get on the stage mm-hmm. and pull this deadlift. Right. And I am going to be world famous and make millions of dollars. And it the, the perspective thing, and that's why I didn't necessarily call out powerlifting mm-hmm. as as the same thing, because I don't necessarily think that a lot of us I mean, I'm sure there are some and I just don't know them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think the sport itself, people just have a little bit more perspective about it. Yeah. I, I see the same thing. It's a hobby. Like, like clear, it's a hobby. Right. Well, I, and it's interesting that you point that out because I, yeah, I haven't noticed that in powerlifting. I've noticed it in bodybuilding. And the other place that I've noticed it is CrossFit. Yes. I noticed that a lot. And I think it's kind of that same, you know, sentiment. Um, You find a lot of folks that'll say, oh, you know, well, you know, what made you start CrossFitting or, you know, whatever. And, you know, some folks will say, oh, you know, I, I love it. I love how it's, you know, made me strong and it's changed my body and it's done this. And then you'll have this, those folks are like, oh, I'm trying to get to the games. And you're like, what? You know, so I, or, or, yeah, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to, you know, get, uh, you know, sponsorship from Reebok or whatever. So. It's interesting how powerlifting and bodybuilding people sometimes kind of run along those same parallels. Like I see that a lot with a lot of, um, you know, athletes in terms of at least from sort of how they present themselves online, you know, and you see that and and sort of you can kind of see what they're about. Um, I don't know that I necessarily see that, like you said, with powerlifting or Olympic weightlifting or, you know, strongman, because I think they recognize like, yeah, I'm not probably getting no endorsements off this. So, and, and if you know. they do, it's a small company that's right that isn't going to massively change your life. And I just, again, it's just a perspective thing. Right. And I think it changes and evolves as you get older. It kind of, it just, I see more people, and it's weird. I don't know why it happens so publicly, but I see more people who, in the world of the strength sports, I, I, I notice it with Olympic weightlifters, I notice it with powerlifters, who are very okay saying, you know what, this meet is not happening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I'm pulling out, I'm not doing it. Right. It's not the right time, whether it's finances. I've seen lots of people say, I financially can't make this happen. Right. Or this financially doesn't make sense. Because really, we all know that there are a few of us who, yeah, we might open a gym in the future, we might want to coach in the future, Mm -hmm. but the reality is powerlifting is not your job. Right. And I think most of us, from the people I've met, coaches are really good at being, hey, this is a hobby, calm your ass down. I've I've heard a lot of coaches say, yes, you might be nationally ranked. Yes, you might be chasing down a state record. Yes, you might be even making your way to a world record. But no one, but almost every coach I've talked to in the years I've been around powerlifters, especially are very clear that at the end of the day, for the vast majority of us, we have other jobs and this is our hobby and we're right. working to fund this hobby. Not the Or like you mentioned, if you have someone who's a competitive powerlifter, their, their bread and butter is typically coaching and not actually going to meets and competing in them. Right. Um, and I think it's important, you know, that, and I don't know if maybe 
folks kind of miss that when they're sort of looking and even with again with a lot of um you know bodybuilders and you know crossfitters and other people too typically the income that they the 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 income stream the revenue stream comes from you know some other aspect of that particular thing whether it's coaching other athletes or you know working as a nutritionist or even you know doing suits and stuff like that it's not actually them getting on stage winning a show and making you know getting um you know a huge amount of money from that because that you know those folks are pretty few and far between and you know even with the shows on a professional level that you know you're doing where you're you know able to get cash prizes again unless you're doing the arnold like every other month you're not going to be making (laughs) that kind of money you know i want to see that right those are the, the you know that's the show where you get kind of the big payout so you know i definitely think again you know it it you have to have the ability to kind of look beyond the surface of what you see on social media or what you, you know, hear about the sport or what you think, you know, and again, I think it takes a little bit of time a to be involved in that activity to kind of see beyond that to say, okay, what's happening behind the scenes. So, you know, I think that's really important, um, you know, to make sure that you do. And I think, you know, interestingly enough, I think one of the other things that I've noticed about, you know, myself, and again, you know, some other, um, you know, of my peers that I've, I've met through bodybuilding is as you get older, you become more confident in terms in, in a couple of ways. So you become more confident in, in terms that you're willing to take risks. And I think you become more confident in terms of you're not necessarily as worried about what other people think or, you know, approval. And so you just do it because you love it. Right. Um, And I think that that can be great in a lot of ways. You know, I don't know that at, you know, like you said, if I had been, you know, 15 years ago or when I was in my early 20s and I even knew what powerlifting was, you know, (laughs) I would have been able to look at that and be like, yo, this seems really cool. I know I don't really have any experience in this and I've never done it before, but I'm going to give it a shot, you know, Um, without thinking, oh, well, you know, oh, well, these people are putting up these kind of lifts and what are these people doing? What are people going to think, you know? Um, I think nowadays I'm much more willing to look at something and go, yo, I've, I'm not, you know, this is not a comfortable space for me. And there, you know, is, is the possibility that I could fail, you know, repeatedly (laughs) in, in way, you know, in, in a lot of ways while I'm on this journey is high, but I'm going to do it anyway, because it piques my interest and I want to see what it's like. Um, so I think, you know, that has definitely changed for me. And like I said, I see that more so in a lot of, you know, folks that are in my age range that are doing these things. Now, and that's not to say that I'm not very strategic and kind of deliberate about, you know, what I decide to do. Like, I'm definitely a researcher. I'm definitely one more so nowadays to be like, okay, well, let's, you know, let me see what this is really about behind the scenes. But I think that can certainly be a good thing, you know, because you won't find yourself in a, in a, in a situation right. where you're like, how did I even get here? What happened? Um, or you end up getting hurt or something like that. So, you know, I think that is really important. Then I also think confidence, I'm a lot more confident, you know, now than I may have been before. And we talked about this already, really, but just to touch upon it again, in terms of, you know, 
coaching and being a more active participant in your prep, right? Um, and, and, I, and I mean that in the sense of you get something and you just take it and go, but you have questions or you have reservations or you're not sure how something works. And I, I noticed this a lot with a lot of younger athletes, you know, particularly again, like I said, in the, in the bodybuilding realm where they'll, you know, I've been on boards where they'll pose these questions and be like, yes, my coach has put me on, you know, six almonds and air, and I'm not really sure that I should be doing that. What should I do? And everyone's like, are you crazy? You need to leave him and da, da, da. And they're like, well, I'm scared, you know, and it's like, it's just a different perspective because again, you know, I'm, I'm definitely, you know, if I don't understand something, I'm going to ask, I'm like, Hey, I'm not really sure, you know, this feels a little weird or, you know, can you kind of give me a little bit about the reasoning behind this? And if the coach that you're working with says some shit, like just do it, mm -mm, nope, nah, bro. You know, even if I don't necessarily un (coughs) or they don't give you like a specific response, excuse me. Um, you need to run. You know, yes, and, and we've said it before. That's a problem. Yeah. You know, I, I, I ask Cliff all the questions all the time and he very patiently answers my questions, you know, and then I make decisions based upon the information that he gives me, um, you know, about how I want to proceed or, or sort of, you know, what what I can do. But that conf- level of confidence has grown. And I think as you get to know your body more, too, and we talked about this, too you have more confidence in yeah i know what this is supposed to look like but this is what it looks like on me and this isn't right so we need to f- figure out what's going on um so i think you know that's that's something that has definitely evolved for me you know throughout the years um and then the other thing too is interesting i think as i've gotten older and again i've heard this a lot anecdotally from a lot of other folks and i think they really do mean it um i think sometimes people say this and they're full of shit but like they're not really worried about you know a lot of older athletes they're not really pressed about medals and placings they're really not they're just doing it because they love to do it and they want to show up that day and get on that platform or get on that stage and you know strut their stuff you know give it their all and and they walk away happy with that you know and i i don't know i i think your ability to do that um you know that increases that as, as you get, get older. older that comes as you get older because you realize that that's not really like here's the thing at the end of the day it doesn't really matter what the judges think of you you know that that you are comfortable in your own skin and you are able to walk away and be like okay that's fine i'm still the shit or whatever you know what i mean so i think when you can get to that level of understanding about yourself it makes doing these sports and participating in them a lot easier because you're honestly not pressed about it i mean and i've said this you know repeatedly but like, but for me, you know, when I was, you know, competing in figure, it was always like, you know, bring your legs down. Your legs are a problem. Da, 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 da. And I just kind of got to a point where I was like, I actually love my legs, you know, and I will work to improve generally speaking, but I don't, I'm not working to, because they're a problem, you know, and I'm not, yeah, you know what I mean? And I'm like, I'm not like, I don't, I, I was never the kind of competitor where I sort of trained according to the whims of what a judge thought because that can change so quickly like within a matter of weeks you can go to one show and the judges give you all this feedback and then you know so you pretty much change everything that you've been doing over the course of a week or however long to your next show and you go to the next one and they say the exact opposite thing 
So you have to really get to a place where you work with what you have and you improve that, you know, in terms of what you have naturally, but Mm -hmm. just know that, you know, you got to be okay with that. You got to be okay with the fact that, you know, your quad dominant or, you know, your upper body is probably never going to be as big as your lower body. And you just got to be okay with that and just move on from that and operate from that premise. Um, And I've definitely learned to do that more. Um, you know, in, in the last, you know, five or six decades, you know, five or six years or decades. I was going to say decades. <laughs> not that many decades. You're not, I was like, you haven't quite hit that I'm age not yet. quite there yet. But, and I'm cool with it. And even, you know, even if, again, you know, for me, like I've, I've, you know, even kind of in the baby steps that I've taken into powerlifting, you know, um, you know, and I think like with maybe a lot of women, you know, bench is just not my thing. Like, I won't say it's not my thing. It is a more of a challenge for me. Um, and, but I don't look at that like, oh my God, I'm such trash if I don't, you know, fix my bench or if I don't, you know, bench this or that. I'm just kind of like, okay, well, I know going in, that's something that's going to be challenging for me. That's something that, you know, is probably I'm going to hate to do it because it's the thing that, I, you know, doesn't necessarily come naturally to me. And I'm good with that, you know, I, I'm fine with, you know, going into a meet and maybe, you know, having, you know, really really you know big numbers or huge numbers for me for deadlift and squat and my bench is you know just trash by comparison i don't care you <laughs> or know you could be me and you actually bench more than you squat and you deadlift on right when you when your body fucking feels like it. another time yeah. you can't lift 135 pounds off the floor fuck it all exactly <laughs> so yeah i think um you know i've gotten i've gotten more okay with that you know i'm not i don't worry about the things that i can't change you know and the other thing too with that in terms of and you talked about this a little bit d when you were talking about you know um you know giving your all and all that other stuff your 100 is going to look different at different times right and i think that was something that was kind of an epiphany for me you know I can say that I go into the gym and give it my all, you know, most times that I'm in there, but my all looks different all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, my all on Monday, you know, might be like, yo, 100%, 150%. My all on Friday may be 85% or sometimes shit, 20%, depending on, you know, if I'm not feeling well or something like that. And that's okay. That's fine. I don't, I don't beat myself up about that anymore. I don't beat myself up about lifts that I, you know, I should be able to make, but didn't make for whatever reason. It just didn't work that day. It's cool. You know, and I think that again has definitely, um, that's definitely changed for me over the years. Like, I don't, I don't think about shoulds anymore. Well, I should, you know, I should be at this body fat percentage based upon these numbers, or I should be able to lift this based upon this, or, you know, my upper body should be here based upon how many weeks out I am. Okay. It should be, but it's not. So what you going to do now? You know? <laughs> And I think that that alleviates a lot of stress. That has alleviated a lot of stress for me, just in terms of everyday training. And, you know, again, when, you know, when I was kind of doing competing on that side. So, um, you know, that I think that, but again, I think that's something that comes as you have more experience doing these things. Well, you know what, in terms of confidence and self, you know, figuring out where you fall under all this, one of the other things that I've realized for most of us, I'm not going to say all of us, but for most of us, that comes a little bit easier as you get older, is you stop taking yourself so damn seriously. And it's been, it's really funny, one of the things that always stands out to me the most on social media, and is usually such an obvious thing to me, is 
when I see, and this I, this is across the strength sports, I the only place where I don't see it quite as much is in Olympic weightlifting, but that might be a virtue of me not following as many of them as I do crossfitters, mm-hmm. um, bodybuilders, and right. um, powerlifters. Mm-hmm. The older you get, the less you feel like you have to put on a show. Yes. Or the less you have to feel like, oh gosh, look how lean I am, or look how strong yes. I am. I noticed that the younger lifters they're always trying to keep up with the Joneses. Like there is a, you can almost, I could almost write a book. If I really wanted to make a lot of money, you know what I would do? I would write a book to on how to become an Insta-famous Instagram star mm-hmm. in the fitness world because it's like a bunch of identical, it's almost like someone programmed them all mm-hmm. on how to get attention on social media. Those of us who are a little bit older, I post what I want to post. Right. And it's not about me. I don't take myself seriously. Y'all see me laugh at myself all the time. Mm-hmm. I was posting like an asshole in the middle of the night last night mm-hmm. talking about, you know, why do people congratulate you when you buy a car? That You're going into shit. debt. That's funny as fuck. <laughs> but like, you can pay your just, bills. Yay. <laughs> right. Congratulations. Yay. You have good enough credit to get a loan. Yay. Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> but seriously, I just don't, I, I, I take lifting seriously. Yeah, right. Because I'm, I'm inherently, I'm a competitive person. I will yeah, never not be a competitive person. Yeah. But I don't take myself seriously. I yeah. don't, you know, I don't feel like, and this is something that has definitely changed for me. Like when I scroll back to my, my Instagram, when I first got on Instagram and was prepping for figure and I was still a little bit younger, I felt like I needed to share my prep, every bit of my prep. And it right. had to be super, almost going back to what we were talking about i think last week everything had to be inspirational and meaningful i was just about to say that (laughs) and now i don't care if i post like i posted the last thing i posted on instagram was on friday when i was literally flopping around on the bench like a dead fish because (laughs) i was too tired to keep lifting i watched that video and i laughed so hard that i had to put it out there because it's so ridiculous i always post me you know blazing away at 200 and something pounds or 180 something pounds yeah y'all this is me with 143 right and my arms won't move (laughs) right And, and it's the ability to not always feel like you have to put on this show or be inspiring or meaningful. Sometimes I'm going to just post a meme or I'm going to post a picture of Sasha doing something ridiculous and that's all y'all are getting today. That's it. It is such a relief. Yep. I don't. I have to do that it's funny too that you mentioned like i said sort of the you know and we've talked about this before in my whole you know pet peeve with the i'm in i want to inspire the people i want to motivate you know it's funny i'm reading you know and i'll read these posts and they'll be like these long ass you know blah 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 you know word salad inspire here motivate you know reach for the stars blah 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 and i'm sitting there looking at it going girl this is not rocket science you ain't saving nobody's life. You ain't coming up with no cure for cancer. What are what are you even talking about? Like it's just it, it makes me laugh because I'm just like, sis, you are taking yourself way too seriously. Yep. Like it like you said before, if this is your dream or you feel like this is, you know, this is why God put you on earth to com- you know, to compete in bodybuilding, sis, I'm gonna need you to I'm gonna need you to work on that. And it's um, just it's the that's almost how I can guess how old someone is. Yeah. Is yep. if you have eight million and twelve posts of you either as a powerlifter doing something to prove how badass you are as a powerlifter. Right. Or you need to show off even with powerlifting, if you need to constantly show off your powerlifter big boob bubbly ass mm-hmm. or um 
I'm a pretty powerful. Somebody, I think it might have been Adrian who was talking about this. Mm-hmm. If you constantly, as a woman, have to say, "I power lift and I'm super feminine," right? I'm almost nine times out of ten when I see that, I'm like, "You are about 23." Yeah. Or you have the mentality of a 23. I was gonna say because there are a lot of babes that are my age that are doing the same shit. You know. You know, and but it's... and they may be bio- biologically my age, but <laughs> you know. And the other thing too, in terms of not taking yourself so seriously and this is something again and i mean i've never like i don't ever remember like this being a huge deal for me but it's funny i was looking at um some of my pictures on my account and some of like my insta stories and i was looking at them like you look fucked up right now and not i mean just because it's five o'clock in the morning and i'm headed to the gym or you know i don't have my eyebrows on or all this other stuff and even the fact that like i'm i'm fine with posting like Mm -hmm. that like it just cracks me up and i mean not that i was super don't photograph me when i was younger you know without my full face or whatever but it just makes me chuckle because i'm like I don't give a shit i know they are probably like damn bitch put some makeup on but okay at 25 there's no way I, because i usually i'm one who likes to be i'm not a full face all the time kind of girl but right i always look in the mirror and i'm like okay do you put your eyebrows on right you i mean you I, have, don't get me wrong i love no, a good right. face beat. yes yes i love I'm, me a face beat for day-to-day life it's just not what i do and it's so funny because i'll get on and start yammering into you know my insta story and sometimes you'll see the first three won't have a filter on and then i'll see them and i'm like oh fuck right (laughs) and i'll actually put on the next one when i put the filter on i'm like filtered because i look like shit and i Mm -hmm. and i don't care but it's just i I think there's a sense of humor that comes with getting older when you do stuff like that where you can find the humor in the fact that you're sitting there with no makeup on yep yammering into your phone like an asshole yep talking about nothing Cause let me and tell I don't you necessarily need everybody to, to you know say oh my gosh Adina you're so right you're right. so you're so brilliant I don't need to be validated by anybody on the internet I don't know right so I don't know okay. you you don't know me <laughs> and let me tell you something I don't think it's happened yet but best believe there will be a time you know depending on what's going on you gonna get this sleep scarf you gonna get yes. me in my Insta story with yes. this here sleep scarf on my head and I won't feel no kind of way about it um and again you know even like with even with my husband you know I psh, listen d- you want what hmm I'm not taking this scarf off my head I tell you that <laughs> and you know of course there, when I was dating when I was younger it was like let me get up three hours before him and put my makeup on and do this so and do that Girl, like that moment like that 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 episode of different world where whitley i know people remember this she got up out of bed in the middle of the night right before and it was like right after she and Dwayne got married she jumps out of bed and she puts on her whole mm-hmm. face and sprinkles the water and pats her face so she has a lovely blush and then she lays right. in bed fluffs her hair on the pillow and is laying there and when his alarm goes off she's like hi baby and then it's like <laughs> that those years are over over those okay. years are over and i'm single as fuck and anyone who has dated me will tell you you don't even get that on uh, the first time you right. spend the night look i'm ugly when i wake up listen and so are you so that's okay and I, everybody and, ugly in this house all together including the dogs and i pulled that mask off early on in our dating life because i'm like let me show you what you gonna get because i don't want you to feel like you were bamboozled or hoodwinked or let astray or run them up this is this is what ha- <laughs> this is what is happening here right now so you need to decide now if you're okay with that or not um you know now granted you know in some like i'm 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 
very sort of anal about you know having my face on at work i just that's just me you know whatever because i know i'd be looking a hot mess in the morning but you know i don't have a problem now running out you know to the grocery store or whatever and just going out with a bare face i'm i'm cool with that i'm you know thank god that glory be to god you know i still have decent skin so shucks i'm cool with that um, but again, I don't know that, you know, that would have been the same thing when I was younger. Um, you know, so that's just kind of another little bend to the whole, um, you know, confidence thing. But, you know, I, I mean, I think at the end of the day, you know, you just there's just something so beautiful about kind of evolving and growing into who you are and just being okay with who you are, you know, and that, like you said, that involves, you know, admitting to your, you know, missteps and your challenges and your foibles. And, you know, I talk a lot about, you know, the struggles that, you know, and I know we both have in different ways about the struggles we have with, you know, some things with respect to mental health and, you know, some things that have happened in our past. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't think about what people are going to think about it anymore. Cause I don't give a shit, frankly, nope. I just don't. You know, you're gonna hear about it one way or the other. Yeah, you know, and, and 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 that's okay. And I mean, I think, like I said, when I started thinking about this this morning, you know, I was really thinking about what a blessing this has been. You know, I, you know, you, you hear people, and you said this too, talk about, oh, well, I would, you know, what I wouldn't give to be twenty again. What I wouldn't would get shit. No, nope. I don't regret anything in my past because I feel like it's made me who I am today. And I don't necessarily want to go back and relive any of those times in my past because I was a hot fucking mess. I was about to you say, know? I was a complete and utter yeah. moron. I mean, I'm still a work in progress. I mean, I have, you know, friends that are older than me and they're like, baby boo, you're just 40. So you ain't even started to live yet. You know, well, that's the conversation you and I have. There's I like know, ten, exactly. There's, there's like nine years, nine-ish, eight-ish, yep. nine-ish. I'm yeah. too late to do the math. And it's I feel, and I say those things to my younger friends. Mm-hmm. Like, yay, you've learned your 25-year-old yeah. lessons. Wait till you get on this motherfucker yeah. over here on the other side of 35. <laughs> and I think another thing, too, with respect to being older is that I have now learned that, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily go out of my way anymore to, you know, convince someone who's younger than me about X, Y, and Z, or when they say some old dumb shit, I'm just like, "Mm mm-hmm, keep living. That's all I say, because I'm like, your, 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 your attitude and your response about that is going to change drastically when you've lived a few more years and, and you've if had it hasn't hmm. yeah then you need to check yourself <laughs> but i don't i don't feel that need to con- convince people of anything anymore or argue anymore or you know any of that stuff especially you know when it comes to certain things about you know uh, marriage and you know it's funny prime example you know um I, I don't know how many of our listeners watch Insecure, you know, season finale comes on tonight. Woo! But I've been, you know, I always have conversations after the, you know, the next episode just about different things that have been going on in the show. And, you know, even kind of with the whole obviously big thing about, you know, Issa oh. and her boyfriend, yes. you know, and infidelity and, and some of the other characters and kind of how they manage their marriage and stuff like that. And, you know, hearing people be like, oh my God, I could never, I would never, I can't, you know. And again, my whole thought is just keep living because you just don't know. You Things know, evolve. And you, you, it, sh- listen, shit happens. And, you know, unless you've been there, and even if you have been there, you can't judge anybody else because they're not you and you're not them, you know. And you're not so, in their situation. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I say all of that to say that, you know, I think, and, like I said, I don't. I hope this didn't come off as a gloom and doom about getting older. But I mean, I, you know, I embrace that shit. Like I 
and it's funny because with each successive decade when i have a friend who's already in that decade they're like girl you think this is awesome you know my friends now they're like girl your 50s are gonna be the bomb diggity i had friends when i was 30 that was like girl your 40s are gonna be the shit and they have been i mean like i said you know regardless of 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 the you know the ups and downs or the downs that I've had in the you know in my 40s like it's just gotten better and better in terms of my personal growth and my evolution not only as just a human being and a black woman but also as an athlete so I mean I'm definitely looking forward to you know being on the other side of 40 which I am now and you know knocking <laughs> on 50s doors so you know I just encourage you know all of our you know younger listeners out there to just you know embrace where you are and start getting comfortable being who you are and being unapologetic about that and you know just taking shit as it comes you're gonna have aches and pains you're gonna you know need more sleep you're gonna you know the the body fat's not gonna disappear quite as quickly but it's all good man it's all good the sleep is the best part yes it is yes i swear it is and yeah i think i agree with all that and i think the only other thing i say is just make sure when you start choosing and i hate this word i hate it role models or people to model mm-hmm. yourself after mm-hmm. and i hate to say that because it shouldn't really be modeling yourself after anyone but let's but just yourself. say but let's just say you're out there looking for people to quote unquote look up to make sure you're chasing down someone appropriate because yep. if you're 35 with two kids and a husband don't chase the image of a 25 year old who just you know moved out who's on their single own for the first and time, a personal single trainer and for had, a living right right that's you not know? the person you want to chase down that's i mean that's my bottom line is make sure you know what you're chasing after when you start making those kinds of decisions because chasing your polar opposite is not going to be a successful chase at all and (laughs) and as we said last episode you know just focus on being the best damn you that you can be because everybody else is taken so yeah anyway i think girl we have talked all the talk and all the words but yeah man again thank you guys for listening um you know if you you know tell a friend um you know check us out on soundcloud and itunes you know leave us a rating let us know what you think let us know what else you want to talk about you know you want us to talk about um and we will see you next time at the bar i'm brie i'm d signing out bye-bye